You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, all about real estate edition. Shining a light on the movers and shakers in the real estate industry. The home builders, developers, realtors, and suppliers making it all happen. Good morning, and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Denim Marketing. At Denim Marketing, we work to make all of your marketing a comfortable fit. So call us if you need original content for social media, public relations, marketing campaigns, blogging, and more. Um, today, I am very pleased to welcome our next legend of real estate. We are very fortunate to be joined by the woman who pioneered new urbanism here in the Atlanta market. So welcome to the show, Pam Sessions. She is president of Hedgewood Homes. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Carol. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a really fun conversation. So we'll just, you know, start it off with how did you get started in home building? You know, Talk a little bit about your early career. Okay. My path is probably a little less traditional, maybe than some. I didn't have family members in the business and really didn't originally plan to go into construction. I was a fine arts major at University of Georgia, and I I had the opportunity to study with Ansel Adams and then moved to California to work with an environmentalist photographer, writer, um, and when I came back to Atlanta, because my boyfriend, now husband, was ready for me to come home, um, I started in, in art. I worked in photography and art, and my husband, um, boyfriend husband, was a home builder. He worked for Brighton Homes, and I would watch him every night talking to subcontractors, and we always had an interest in houses. We were always walking houses. So I, when I had a couple of friends that wanted to rent a house in Forsyth County where we were living, I tried to help them find one and just couldn't find anything. So I said, you know, I've been watching this business from the sideline. I'm just going to invest um, in a, a rental property that I'll build and could rent to, then to my friends. So I decided if I was going to build one house, I might as well build two because it might be easier for subcontractors to take me serious if there were two homes. So I built those two homes and learned so much in the process, but was also smitten. So I actually built on my own for about three years while my husband was still building at Brighton Homes. And then we decided to join forces and create create Hedgewood Homes with development as well as home building. And so, yes, you all created Hedgewood in 1985, mm -hmm. right? And your business partner and husband's Don Donnelly, and you guys yes. have been going strong ever since. Yeah. You know, I guess kind of what... What inspired you to go into business together and to launch your own company at that point? Well, it was interesting because I um, the business was very different in the 80s. It was definitely male dominated. And I, of course, just learning the business, didn't know all the traditional protocols in some sense. So I wanted a closer relationship with the customer. And as odd as it may sound, at that time, Builders just built what they wanted to, and people just bought it. Mm -hmm. You didn't come in and say, I would like this, or I'd like to tweak that. or So um, I started just sitting down with customers and finding out what they wanted and drawing modifications. And my sales team 
loved it because it made their jobs very easy, much, much easier to sell homes. So I ended up every weekend back to back to back meeting with customers and designing their homes. And I, I worked very hard, literally seven days a week for seven years, 12 hours a day, just perfecting and working to learn. You, you never stop learning in this business. So that was really my difference. And then my husband, um, it got to a point I couldn't manage it alone. And so we decided to join forces. And at the time, we also decided to start developing our own neighborhoods. And the company that he had been working for was so gracious and so enjoyed working with them that they actually funded our first development project. Wow. So then we started developing and building. Yeah. Um, what was your first development project? It was in, it was called Highland Park in uh -huh. Fulton County. And it was a, um, a neighborhood that someone had started just the, uh, the first phase of roads were in, but nothing was built. And then there were two more phases of land. So we bought that and that was our first project. That's exciting. And then, of course, you went on to develop a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, and whether you want to call it new urbanism or traditional neighborhood development or mixed use development, you hear all these words today. You know, you definitely pioneered it in Atlanta with Vickery. You know, what was your vision? How did you decide to even do that? Well, it we already were very focused on design. We were becoming a design-driven company. And we cared very much about how neighborhoods worked for families. And we had two small children ourselves. And really what was eye-opening was when we took them to Seaside. We had been following Seaside since its inception um, before we had children. But when we took our children there, the light bulb went off. Mm -hmm. It was remembering how we grew up and how we had so much freedom. And that freedom brought responsibility and enabled us to, to grow into adults. And in our children's lives, we lived on this acreage and their friends were imported and their activities were all planned. And we realized that they were not having a, a spontaneous pickup basketball game or, you know, just kind of sorting their ways. And in Seaside, they were able to go to the market on their own and buy the groceries. And they just loved it so much. And we said, you know, this, this, we need this lifestyle for our family. Mm -hmm. And if we feel this way, odds are somebody else does too. So we started, we assembled the farms either side of our farm to start land planning. And we realized pretty quickly we could mess it up having never done anything like that. So we hired Andres Dewani with um, Dewani Platter Zyberg, who did all of the, the um, Florida projects, Seaside, Rosemary Beach, Alice Beach. Um, we hired him to come in and do our charrette. Mm -hmm. and start our conceptual plan. <clears throat> and then we continued with local planners, Tanel Spangler-Walsh, to be able to finish the project with them and um, create that environment that had a village. We were really excited that we were able to bring a YMCA into the neighborhood. The, the middle school and elementary school were just next door and kids could walk. So it was great that they could come to the Y and then walk to school. So it was just... Um, really a, a little bit selfish. We wanted a, that lifestyle for ourselves and it enabled us to really, really hone in on our design driven company. Right. 
What what year was that out of curiosity? That was we started um working with the land planners in 1999. Okay. So that was definitely post Great Recession. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, long before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sorry, pre Great Recession. So interesting, very interesting. I love that. I didn't know the story behind it, but it makes perfect sense now when you share it. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Great Recession. So obviously, I think you probably built through two recessions since you've been in business since the '80s. But talk about the Great Recession and how it impacted your business and how you overcame it, and probably what you learned from it that's made you even more successful today. Well, it um, it's much easier to understand what we are feeling now. At the time, it it was severe grieving. We, um, you know, you somewhat lose your identity. We had at that time a company of a hundred employees, thirteen neighborhoods. You know, we were building three hundred fifty, four hundred homes a year, and the valve just shut off. And overnight, you know, we lost half of it, some of it, lost all our employees, went from 100 employees to three. Um, And it, it was it was really hard to even explain because you were just a little bit numb. Mm. Um, So we what we did do was keep working through it. We structured all the payouts we could, gave back what we had to, just like most people in the industry. But we kept working. And one of the ways we did that was through construction permanent loans. Since there was no lending, we, we had enough cash to build a certain number of homes. And when when we reached that limit, we would just have to tell prospects that you have to wait for the next slot to open because this is uh, the bucket of money can only do this many mm-hmm. homes. You'll be next in line. And they said, well, several started saying, well, what if we did a construction permanent loan? And we said, oh, that would work. So we were able to kind of ramp back up through that process. And because we didn't file bankruptcy, when the market did begin to recover, we were in better position because we had this proven track record of still building, of our clients trusting us and able to start lending again. Yeah. Wow. It really was scary. And I think it caused so many of us to hold our breath when COVID happened. Because I I mean, I was like, oh. And then, of course, when COVID broke out, I, you know, it's kind of the same thing, I guess, that happened with you all. At least initially, we had a few, you know, clients cancel or pause stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to shrink my team by over half again. I don't want to go through this again. And of course, we all got super lucky because it went the other way for us. Right. And, And now we have, you know, kind of a little bit of a quiet after the storm, I guess. So, which I think looks like it's going to be okay. Right. I think so. It's yeah. But it definitely helped us prepare and understand that bad things do happen, no matter how prepared you are. Um, So I think it, it, you know, has helped us to get through this second wave of uh, crisis, so to speak. But we, we did change our business model as we came out. And, you know, part of it has has really helped us to get closer to what matters most to us, which is design and community and placemaking the customer. So rather than growing back to that size ever again, because even though we had phenomenal people and we're accomplishing great things, we weren't close enough to the customers and to the process um, or not as close as we wanted to be. So we intentionally changed after the recession. Mm -hmm. We moved into the city because the, first of all, the recovery 
came back a little quicker in the city. But we also realized that being a design-driven company, it would serve our business model better to be in a more urban environment. So uh, when we moved into the city, we moved our our ourselves into the city, our business into the city, and started, um, you know, doing infill projects and some larger projects, um, but all kind of with that urban sense. And even when we went out of the city, out of Atlanta, we went into other downtown areas and and built like Alpharetta City Center and that, right. that project. So it did it did change um, the way we thought about things and how we structured the business completely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's so many nice projects out there that have the Hedgewood touch courtesy of you, you know, um, you know, downtown Woodstock being mm-hmm. one of them. That's one of my favorites. So yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, it's a great one. Well, talk about your involvement with the Greater Atlanta Home Builders Association. You know, how did that play into your career? Oh, it was very important. Um, you know, being an artist, a female artist, that's all of a sudden declared she's a home builder. Um, I had a lot to learn. And the, the association just offered wonderful educational opportunities, but also just networking with other builders. You know, they became my friends and confidants. And um, it, it was just really important to me. And I can't say enough about it and would encourage anyone, you know, especially early in your career, but forever um, to to get involved with the association. I I went on to become president. And that was when another piece of uh, my earlier career years kind of came full circle because I was very interested in the environment and environmental construction. So while I was president, we had the opportunity to put together a green building program. And we were working with the National Association of Home Builders, and we also brought in South Face Energy Institute as a partner in the the building of the program, and we created Earthcraft House, Mm -hmm. which went on to set the... um, the building codes to an environmental standard, um, which we're, you know, just real excited and proud about. And it also, with that process, I felt like I really learned um, not just how to build a house, but understand how houses work mm-hmm. and how they can be healthier environments and more efficient environments. And it was pretty pioneering. Now, sustainability is, of course, on everyone's topic list. But at that time, it it really wasn't. And so it was great to be able to be a part of an organization that accepted that leadership role. And, and it was really a great process. Yeah, well, that's really cool. Um, you know, I guess I kind of came into the Earthcraft process after it was already, you know, you know, created. And um, I used to say that, you know, the three prominent builders in Earthcraft were the three H's. So it was, you know, Monty Hewitt Homes, Hedgewood, and then um, Haven. Yes, so I think right. we're the original three. So that makes so much more sense now. And, you know, I, I think that uh, you're probably one of a just handful of female presidents of the Greater Atlanta Home Builders Association as well. Maybe. Um, yeah, probably so. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we have um, had one since you served. Oh, we need to fix that, don't we? <laughs> I know. I need to look and see. It's time to fix that for sure. Crafting the perfect marketing strategy is like constructing the perfect pair of jeans. You need all the right components and expertise. 
Unlike trying on a dressing room full of jeans, denim marketing makes the process painless and easy. Denim marketing is the market leader in creating quality original content for home builders, developers, remodelers, and others in the industry. Call 770-383-3360 or email carol at denimmarketing.com to find out how denim marketing can be a comfortable fit for your social media, public relations, marketing campaigns, email marketing, blogs, and other marketing needs. Well, you know, it's interesting. We've talked a little bit about, you know, being a female in a man's world, which definitely is how it was when you came into the industry. Um, I guess what impressed me reading your bio, you know, I knew you had children. I knew you ran Hedgewood. But at one point, you ran five companies while raising two young children. You know, today we talk so much about work-life balance, but clearly you had it figured out decades ago. Talk a little bit about how you did it. Well, you know, you're you're always second guessing yourself at the time, wondering if you're doing a good job or not. Luckily, I have adult children now that turned out well, so I feel like, <laughs> okay, it wasn't too bad. But we um, we lived in Vickery and we worked in Vickery when um, my children were growing up. So it was very nice that my office was just a block, two blocks from my house. Yeah. So, but I had a nanny because you just never know when you're going to get that call. You have to go pick them up or they, and then they were so active into sports. There's no way I could have managed that. So I had a a nanny and I lived close to them for my work and home. And, but we stayed extremely involved in their lives. Every minute I wasn't working, we were doing something with them. Um, I did change my life when the first child was born, because like I said, I had been working seven days a week, 12 hours a day. I mean, that's all I did. So I, started hiring people actually when my son was born and I started hiring people to fill the jobs that I was doing so I could you know basically create the time needed to to be a mom too um I also had an assistant in the office um because like I said we had 100 employees so there was a lot of management but there was also a critical mass to where you could hire people mm-hmm. so it 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 was and our the schools were so close by that that made it easy. It it was interesting and challenging, but um, it worked well. Both of my kids were hockey players, oddly enough, given hmm. the South. And my daughter was ice, a travel ice hockey player. So every two weeks we were flying somewhere to play ice hockey. So that was interesting and definitely um you know, took some time, but you just, you just figure it out. You know, you work really hard and constantly, but you love all of it. So you just, it just happens. (laughs) Now, are either of your children in the industry or did they go on to do other things? No, my, my daughter is uh, creative also. She's a costumer in Los Angeles. um, And my son is in technology. He's the head of a technology department for a logistics company. Oh, wow. So yeah, they they steered away from it, huh? <laughs> we, we involved them every minute of their lives. If we were touring neighborhoods, we always, when they were little, we'd say, go check out the playground and tell us what you think about it so we could build better playgrounds. So right. they, they were part of the research team. <laughs> That's funny. So, you know, and I, I think that goes one way or the other with kids. If they've been involved in the business, they either decide it's really what they do want to do and they're passionate about it, or they decide it's really what they don't want to do and they find exactly. something else to be passionate about. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. 
it's a little bit of a relief in a way because you don't know, you know, how long you'll need to work to ensure they have work before they really take right. it over. Yeah. So it's kind of nice that they have their own independent careers. Yeah. Take their own path. Mm-hmm. Well, for any of our listeners who are females who are thinking about getting involved in the real estate, you know, home building, development, you know, process today, what advice do you have for them? Well, you know, it was it would be very different probably to start today than when I started because I could at least um, get a loan. I, I think it would be a little challenging to have no experience and just start <laughs> right. saying you're a builder and go get a loan. But um, I did have a co-signer, so I think that's what helped me. But I think that um, you basically have to have multiple interests. And, you know, the thing I love most about development and home building is that you get to wear so many different hats. I I have always been entrepreneurial. So, you know, it just, it, it it's a great place as an entrepreneur to grow a business. I've always been design driven. Um, I, I love people and the customer and the, the helping people and helping them find what they love, but it's hard. It's a hard business. And, it's definitely a high risk business. So if it looks easy from the outside, I would caution anybody, male or female, it's not easy, but it is so rewarding. And I can't think of of a place I'd rather be um, in my career because you get to flex all those muscles. You get mm-hmm. to um, work on all aspects of processing, of create creativity, business strategy, it's just a great field. And it's, I think, quite ideal for women. I felt from the very beginning, um, without trying, that there was just uh, a good connection. I always had a great connection with my subcontractors. We worked so well together, and I felt like it brought something out, something different out of the process. And of course, the whole, my whole career started with uh, the customer focus mm-hmm. and caring about how a house lives and and design and what what's going to make this your home. So that I won't say that's that men can't do that or all women care about that. But, you know, there is a tendency for women to really focus on the home. And women make the majority of buying decisions in all products. So especially homes. So why why not right yeah <laughs> a woman feel comfortable in this field i think it's definitely a great career for women yeah absolutely when it's um clearly been a fantastic career for you so far well thinking back over you know the last you know couple of decades what achievement are you most proud of well that's a tough one at any given time i might feel more pride about something over the other but I'll just name a few because I don't have one that that leads the list. But last year, we were named by Atlanta Magazine, the People's Choice Award for Home Builder. And of all the awards we've ever received, I think that might be one of the most meaningful because it we didn't even know people were voting or voting for us. And wow. it it was just phenomenal to to have that happen. So that was very exciting. I'm, of course, really proud of the Earthcraft House program and, and where that went and how well that's done. I'm really, really proud of our team. And 
you know, we, we don't, we're not the path of least resistance when it comes to building because we're so design focused that things are not as easy. We really focus on so many details and push the envelope because we're not only design driven, but we want to be attainable. So we have to find that sweet spot of how can we get the most design for us for any size budget. Um, and our subcontractors and trade trade partners could work anywhere. And given that our work is not the easiest, I'm so proud that they choose to work with us because they too care. They care about the product they deliver. And we have trade partners we've been working with since day one. I started with a heating and air contractor and have gone on to work with his son and now his grandsons. Um, and those are just relationships you you can't ever ignore or take for granted that is just it means so much it means so much to have such a great team so i'm very proud of our entire team yeah well it, you think about it it is so much about relationships when you're buying a house you know and building a house it's you know the relationship between the you know home buyer and the builder as well as the relationship with between the buyer and the realtor and then you know the builder and all the trades and there's so many different things that go into building a house. That's right. That's so true. It's, it's a lot. I think people kind of take it for granted. They think they're buying this one thing and they are ultimately, but it's made right. up of so many other things. Right. So all the different systems and all the different trades that go into it. Uh, well, you talked a little bit about what you're doing today, but what projects are you working on currently? Well, we have been focused more so in the city since the Great Recession. We have a, a very large project where we partnered with Carter down in Summerhill by the now Georgia State Stadium, used to be Turner Field. It's called Summerhill, and um, we have you know about 115 homes there that we are about 75% complete now. We've just started a new neighborhood that's within walking distance of our studio, which is great because we'll just walk over there. It's called Delmont. Um, it's in Garden Hills, Buckhead. And we've just finished a neighborhood in um, Lake Clare Ooh. called Sutherland. And we have several new projects on the table. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. How does the typical house that you're building today compare to those first two that you build? You know, just talk maybe a little bit about size and price and, you know, kind of an interesting comparison contrast. Well, when I started building, of course, we were in Forsyth County and we were on septic tanks. So everything was large lots. Um, we did, you know, also later have subdivisions or neighborhoods that had smaller lots and sewer, but everything was driven by those land parameters. Mm -hmm. um, today, of course, we are building in dense environments in the city where land prices are high and footprints are small as a result. And the continuity of then and now is that we've always focused on the placemaking. Mm -hmm. And so the exterior of our neighborhoods are just as important as the homes, the space between the houses. We very much focus on gardens, um, private space, as well as common space, as well as public space. That is always uh, part of our equation, no matter where we are. So that's still very much what we're doing in these new neighborhoods, too, in the city. 
Yeah, that's exciting. Well, what a great career. For our listeners who want more information on you or Hedgewood Homes, how do they get that? Um, Our website is um, www.hedgewoodhomes.com. I have a social media site, Pam Sessions, that I do a lot about our our work because it's my life, but I do also have my life on that Instagram. And then we also have a a Hedgewood Homes Instagram. So lots of fun places they can find out more. Well, I think that you and I could chat all day, but I'm going to call this a wrap for this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. Um, I want to thank Pam Sessions with Hedgewood Homes for joining me in studio today. On behalf of our show sponsor, Denim Marketing, I'm your host, Carol Morgan. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, then please go give us a positive rating and review on iTunes. If you want more information on what's going on in Atlanta real estate, follow along on atlantarealestateforum.com. You can also follow the site on Facebook. Um, You can continue the conversations that you hear on the podcast by downloading on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify and listening for free. If you're interested in being in the show, reach out to me, carol at denimmarketing.com and tell me what you want to talk to me about. And with that, thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing everyone right here again next week. Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show.